0: This is Speaking of Writers on Capital Region Sunday. I'm Steve Richards. It's seared into Atlee Pine's memory, the kidnapper's chilling rhyme as he chose between six-year-old Atlee and her twin sister, Mercy. Mercy was taken. Atlee was spared. She never saw Mercy again. Three decades after that terrifying night, Atlee Pine works for the FBI. She's the lone agent assigned to the Shattered Rock, Arizona Resident Agency, which is responsible for protecting the Grand Canyon. When one of the Grand Canyon's mules is found stabbed to death and mutilated at the bottom of the canyon and its rider missing, Pine is called in to investigate. It soon seems clear the lost tourist had something more clandestine than sightseeing in mind. But just as Pine begins to put together clues pointing to a terrifying plot, she is abruptly called off the case. If she disobeys direct orders by continuing the search for the missing man, it will mean the end of her career. But unless Pine keeps working the case and discovers the truth, it could spell the very end of democracy in America as we know it. The book is Long Road to Mercy. The author, David Baldacci, he's the global number one best-selling author and one of the world's favorite storytellers. His books are published in over 45 languages and in more than 80 countries, with over 130 million worldwide sales. His works have been adapted for both feature film and television. David Baldacci is also the co-founder, along with his wife, of the Wish You Well Foundation, a nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting literacy efforts across America. Still a resident of his native Virginia, and he joins me now here on Speaking of Writers. David, welcome back to this program.
1: Great, thank you. It's great to be back.
0: Where did the idea for this story come from?
1: You know, <clears throat> I've been thinking about writing a solo female protagonist um, in a novel for a long time. In a series, I hadn't done that before, even though I've written a lot about a, a lot of female characters. And I wanted to place it at an in a new geographic location. And <clears throat> the idea for the twins and what happened at Lee Pine early on—that just kind of struck me at some point. I wanted to have some type of trauma in her background that would be a driving force behind her career choices as she grew up. And losing a twin, obviously, is a traumatic experience and uh, so it all sort of came together and the geographic location of the southwest united states very open area not very heavily populated near the grand canyon fit her personality you know she's kind of a loner and wants to be her own boss relies just on herself uh so that dovetailed nicely um but it was just uh, it always kind of sort of a confluence of different ideas coming together at the right time and resulted in this book
0: what kind of research uh, do you did you do for this book and do you do prior to writing?
1: Well, I visited the Grand Canyon and went all over it as much as I could. I talked to a bunch of people who've been there and worked there and National Park rangers and guides. I uh, talked to people who've taken the mule ride down and hiked all over the place there. Um, Talked to a number of uh, FBI agents who have worked in resident agencies, small field offices, to get a feel for what it's like to work in those places, not the big, huge organizations like in Washington, D.C. and Los Angeles, uh, but these sort of one and two agents' shops. Uh, So, you know, I needed to know that really to understand because that would be sort of the working day life of Adley Pine. I wanted to get that accurately. The the topography out there is very, very unique, and I wanted to make sure that that was accurate. And you could also see very starkly the challenges she was going to be facing uh, working in an environment like that.
0: We're chatting with number 1 New York Times bestselling author David Baldacci here on Speaking of Writers. His new one is Long Road to Mercy, an Atlee Pine thriller. We're talking about you introducing a completely new female lead character in Atlee, new series. What else, what is else is Atlee like? <clears throat> she's you know, a she's, loner.
1: She's really had to build herself. She was very athletic in high school. Uh, she was a weightlifter in college. Um, and she's had to really remold herself, though. FBI i's very much a man's world still, uh so she had to build herself little by little physically, mentally, emotionally, uh realizing that as a woman she probably had to work twice as hard uh as a man to get to the same level um but she knew went in with her eyes wide open, she knew it was that sort of terrain, and she wanted to make sure she put herself in the best position to not only do the job but also thrive in it um and She's a woman who's you know non stop looking for justice, she never could resolve the disappearance of her sister. There was no closure there for her. No one was brought to justice for the crime. Um, so I think she is an FBI agent, is seeking you know, some semblance of that by getting justice for other people who have had things done against them and closure for families who have lost people. I guess it's her way of sort of coping with the loss of her sister.
0: You have so many novels now under your belt, David. What keeps you inspired to continue writing and, and keep coming up with fresh ideas, too?
1: Well, <clears throat> there's nothing more fun and engaging for me than just putting words down on a piece of paper and, and putting stories together. I mean, I, I live for that. That's that's my wheelhouse. That's where I thrive. I can't imagine not doing it on a day-to-day basis. Um, my wife will tell you it's really the only thing I'm good at. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, But, I, but I, I love it, you know, and I think I'm, that's the reason I'm so prolific. I've never viewed it as a job or a hobby or even a lifestyle. I just view it as one of the elements of my identity as a human being. And uh, I go through life with that sort of prism always in mind, you know. I meet somebody, I see a place, an idea pops up, and I think about using it in a story.
0: What kind of reader were you as a child, Dave, and which childhood books and authors stick with you the most?
1: I remember the first book I remembered finished reading <clears throat> was called The Magic Squirrel. It was based on a Russian fable and um it was a long book i mean i i actually went back years later and got a first edition because i remember that was the first book i could ever remember um actually hurting to get back to uh to jump back into the story you know i was i was really sad to be away from it um i grew up reading a lot of mysteries um and i was a big actor, christie fan a sherlock holmes fan um I read typical kids' mysteries and stories. I love biographies of famous people. Uh, I was a big John Irving fan and Garrison Keillor fan when I was in high school and college. Um, I read lots of things, nonfiction, biographies, autobiographies, thrillers, literary fiction. Uh, I just finished uh, A Gentleman um, in Moscow, which I thought was a great read. I'm reading a biography of a founding father named Benjamin Rush, another great read. So I've, I think the reason I'm a writer today is because I was such a racist, curious reader as a child.
0: Who would you want to write your life story?
1: Uh, (laughs) No one in my family, that's for sure. (laughs) A complete outside objective stranger would be just
0: fine. (laughs) What moves you most in a work of literature?
1: Um, I think... uh, just the pure art of storytelling, uh, taking readers on an engaged journey through a particular place that didn't exist until I thought of it. You know, when I do events at libraries and stuff, I point to all the shelves and I said, "There's an individual creation on every one, inside every one of those books. They're all totally different, and they didn't exist before the writer sat down and imagined what was in that book." And that's a pretty cool idea if you think about it. So, me, it's kind of like I'm taking the reader by hand and saying. Just stick with me. We're going to take a little journey, and it's going to be fun. And you're going to glad you you did it by the end of it. And that's what really drives me. It's just the, the pure story.
0: I mentioned earlier, your works have been adapted for both feature film and television. Any news on the Hollywood front for movies or TV yeah, projects? Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, they just uh, Entertainment Weekly and Variety and all. They just uh, released the press release that uh, Fox um, Network just bought my. Uh, Military Investigator Series, John Puller, for a network television series. I'm actually co-producing it with another uh, an actor, Gary Oldman, just won the Oscar last year um, with his company. And they have this, where they're they going to script now, and hopefully it'll be on the air in September. Um, the showrunner-writer is a person who uh, did the same duties for a really successful show on Fox called Bones that ran for about 14 years. So everybody's really excited about that.
0: What would you like readers to take away from Long Road to Mercy?
1: that bad things happen to us all, um, and we can turn things around, and we can do good in our lives, um, even if sometimes the motivation is from a traumatic event. Uh, It doesn't need to um, define us. Uh, We can still create and craft our own lives going forward. Uh, While we may have one foot in the past, uh, we can also have one foot pointing forward.
0: You mentioned Doing Good. You and your wife have the Wish You Well Foundation. How are things going with that nonprofit organization?
1: We had a great year this year. We fund literacy organizations and initiatives across the country. We've funded about 40 different organizations this year over about 12 different states, a variety of platforms. Um, you know, Over the years, we've put millions of dollars into this and have, have helped fund programs in pretty much all 50 states and counting, and we'll continue to do so. Our mission is to eradicate illiteracy. It's a big problem in the U.S., and We're an information society, 21st century. I don't see how you can be a productive person, member of the economy, or a productive member and citizen of democracy if you can't read at a high level. You have so much information thrown at you, terabytes every second. Uh, If you can't process it and come to your own opinions, unfortunately they have very well-paid people who will come up with the opinions you should have and the ideas you should hold and the way you should vote. And I don't think that's such a great idea. I'd rather empower people to do it on their own.
0: And what are you working on next?
1: Uh, I'm finishing up the next book for the spring. It'll be Amos Decker, My Memory Man. So I hope you back on a new adventure.
0: All right. David Baldacci, thank you so much for joining me.
1: Thank you. Always enjoy it.
0: And the book is Long Road to Mercy, an Atlee Pine thriller from the new York, number one New York Times bestselling author, David Baldacci. You can connect with David Baldacci online at davidbaldacci.com. And also, if you want more info on the Wish You Well Foundation, it's Wish You Well Foundation, all one word o r g and that is speaking of writers in Capital region sunday a production of town square media albany for this week we're back again next week with another edition i'm steve richards